0: Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and
1: co-host, Mr. Ethan Carter. What is up, Vincent? How you doing, man? I
0: am rocking and rolling, my brother. Awesome. It warmed up enough that all the insane snow that
1: we got over the last couple of days is all gone, almost. Oh, man, we I, I wish it, it did warm up. Um, our driveway is just a sheet of ice, and... <laughs> Oh no! Like it's 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 so bad too. Like I mean, it's long enough and steep enough that I can't I can't salt at all. Like I just can't. You like, couldn't. You could. So yeah. you know what you know what somebody recommended me once, and I thought
0: it was a good idea, but then I just never got around to doing it. And now I'm selling the house, so I just don't care. <laughs> and he recommended like a grass seeder as a salt spreader. Oh, I've I've I heard of that. Yeah, and I'm it's, like, oh crap, that's a really good brilliant. idea.
1: Yeah, totally. And then I realized that I'd have to store. A grass cedar. <laughs> like, yeah, well, exactly, well, right. Where are you going to put this damn thing? <laughs> well, and the amount of salt, too. I mean, I'd have to get, like... Back, yeah. Like, pro- it would probably take me a, to do my driveway enough to actually melt everything. It would probably take me about, like, five to six bags of oh, I like, salt. I I not believe it, because yeah. that's the
0: problem I'm having here. Nothing melts no
1: exactly well like even ever. i mean i spread i spread on the walkway just so that the amazon drivers don't <laughs> Same. die Same. Um, Same. i don't want my delivery yeah. guys to get hurt that's, that's the like, only reason right but even even salting it yesterday it still didn't do enough to like really melt it uh, it's such a pain but hopefully hopefully <laughs> in next couple days will warm up enough but you know where yeah. else it's really cold <laughs> Where Ohio? Ohio. I was gonna. <laughs> say, so what, you got. I gotta hear about this, and and we should probably bring our guests on before you start talking. But I can't wait to hear about your uh, oh your experience because it sounded look sounded awesome. I can't. I mean, I'm super jealous because that's like I had the it's like bucket list right there.
0: I had the be, I had the best trip ever. I literally had the best trip ever. But we will talk about it with everybody. But um, just I woke up Saturday morning and I looked at my phone to see because I knew it was gonna be cold Saturday. Yeah. yeah. I woke up Saturday morning. I looked at my phone and said minus four. Ugh. and that's like probably the actual temperature, not wind chill. And it was, and I, right. so I sent it to Beth, and she goes, "Oh my god, is that what the wind chill?" I'm like, "No, that's the air temperature. It's minus oh. four degrees right now." <laughs> before I left, before I left, I actually stopped at a store and I got my first North Face jacket. Oh, yeah, because I was like, I I'm not prepared for like minus temperatures. Like I've never been in minus temperatures before. The coldest ever been like New York once got to like two degrees. That's as cold as I've ever been.
1: And wow, it's cold. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah. Well, so two weeks ago when we had, when we got the massive snowstorm, mm-hmm. um, it, I mean, it was like basically a blizzard conditions. Mm-hmm. I think you had the same, right? But, mm-hmm. Um, but, and again, the driveways, I have to, you know, I had to do it three times. I had to snow blow three times <laughs> and which means I had to do it in the middle. Like there's no way if I wait until the end. I wouldn't like my snowplower. I mean, a snowblower wouldn't have gotten through it. it, 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 We got almost we got two plus feet. So
0: yeah, it's the freaking worst,
1: dude. But I I literally dressed up in my ski gear. Like I had, (laughs) I put contacts in, which I never do. Put use my ski goggles, like full, like full on ski outfit. So I I I can I can relate. Yeah. And as soon as you put it all on, you had to pee. <laughs> of, of course, always, yeah. Right, for sure. Well, it's the like, good thing about their dogs is that there's a lot of yellow pee already outside, so no big deal. <laughs> well, that's good because then you don't go
0: snowblind. You can still get some depth perception going. Exactly, on. exactly.
1: We actually have a guest
0: this week. We do. Our guest this week has he's a good a friend that I've met through the makers on zoom having coffee group. I know shock of shocks. I've, I've <laughs> met a lot of people through that group and um, he's, he's a really cool, really smart, like smarter than I have any right to have a friend that is no offense yeah. to my other smart friends, but like he does some really wild stuff. We're going to talk about all the stuff that he does, but he also pop happens to have, one of the hardest to spell and pronounce names if you've <laughs> never heard it spelled and pronounced. So John is guess, John is really hard to s- s- pronounce John is, John's borderline impossible, right? I yeah, <laughs> guess is. John, no. Our guest this week is the one and only John Kipevoff. Hi, John. How are you? Hey, you got it right. My <laughs> oh, goodness, yeah. He's,
2: I, I actually I, I'm, I'm congratulations.
3: You won the, the trophy.
0: <laughs> I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit. When I saw your name the first time in my head, I pronounced it correctly, and I don't know why. Nice. It just wow. for some reason it seemed logical that that was how it's pronounced.
3: The spelling will trip you up, though. Well, like, I wish you were one of my uh, my classmates growing up. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I can only
0: imagine anything. Oh uh, it just, just for those of you that don't have really good imaginations or who have never been a young boy in school, Ugh. if off is in your name, you have problems. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I grew up being Vinnie Vroom Vroom because my last name is Ferrari. So, you know, I understand. I, I can tell you a
3: worse story. It's when you're... Oh. When you're 10 years old and your name is John Richard Kipeff and the initials spell jerk, oh, no. when you're and just a, a poor little middle schooler, that's like the worst thing that could ever happen. But oh my god, no I've gotten over it. I'm all right no, now.
1: No, no joke. There was a girl in my school, <laughs> and I hope this doesn't uh, ruin the clean tag. But it's a legitimate last name, Vincent. So I, you know, I can't put mm-hmm. it. Her last name was Horho oh my god like i you couldn't like you couldn't make that up i mean it was just it was mind-boggling so i was i was watching
0: or listening or it was either a podcast or a youtube video and the guy's name was like david davies (laughs) and i was thinking about this like parents like that's what i don't understand right like okay you can't control the last name for the most part i get it but you don't name like my my this that would be like us naming my my first name as ferrari like call myself ferrari ferrari <laughs> like i don't understand why do parents do that to their kids but you know it's not even like a like an ethnic name like okay like kaipoff is an interesting name right but it's not like your name isn't like kaipoff kaipoff it's john
3: like right. you know normal the governor of new jersey you know chris christie you know the same kind of thing
0: (laughs) there you go that's that's a good one actually there's um i think there's an english politician and our english listeners will um correct me i think his name is like david davies or dave davies or something like that or he's like um somehow popular in the uk and it's like, it's just so odd to me, but anyway, we could talk about names and weird stuff all the time, but John, why don't you tell the nice folks what you do and how you got to be a part of the maker community? That's a long story. Well, um, we have a lot of time. Talk- <laughs>
3: I'll give you a two minute version and we'll, because okay. we I Over think back. the story is a, a shared story. I think a lot of people follow a similar path. Mm-hmm. So growing up, got into music, um, you know, Kurt Cobain, Nirvana, all of that and time to go to school. So what do you go for? Well, I was gonna go to, I was gonna be a music major, but what happened was is they said, well, if you want to be a music major, you have to play other people's music. You can't just play your own music. And as a creator didn't know it at the time, I was like, well, I want to play my own music. So what's, what's the closest thing to that? And the closest thing to that at the time was graphic design, because at that mm-hmm. time, Photoshop and illustrator, that was, you know, that was like the, the birth of that whole thing. And um, I loved in high school playing around Photoshop and uh, teaching myself essentially, but making like collages with my, uh, you know, with my friends in them and everything like that. So I went in for graphic design. Halfway through college, I discovered programming, the fact that you can breathe life into programming, into your art, essentially. And so I fell in love with programming. And so I, I became a computer programmer for about 12 years. And um, I got burnt out. I, did some, I was doing a lot of freelance work, and I needed to get away from the computer. So one of the last jobs that I did, I did a big project for Best Buy. And I took all the money that I, I earned from that job. And I bought a bunch of random woodworking equipment one night hmm. and I fell in love and, um, but it didn't take that long for the computers to find their way back in, right. but they, they right. had a different purpose. So at the time I was able to like, you know, incorporate my design skills um, still my programming skills. And now this new woodworking and digital fabrication thing that was happening. And uh, so that grew and you know that's like a sickness. Once you buy one tool, you have like, all the Mm -hmm. tools at some point. So I started doing all of my freelance in that direction. Um, At the same time, I also taught as a professor at the college of New Jersey. I still do teach there. And, uh, and then, you know, but my education was through YouTube, right? I never had any formal training in any of this. And so I had to buy a camera and I started dabbling in that. Well, one thing led to another, and now I am, Interested in the next phase, um, you know I have a lot of cameras now. If you look at my studio, <laughs> I have it's like it's like literally a full film studio. I'm building a, an online course, so taking what I've learned from the teaching world and the digital fabrication world and the design world and the you know the entrepreneurship world and trying to mix all that together to make literally the best like glowforge class that I could make because glowforge that's the one tool in my shop that kind of like changed everything. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Like mm-hmm. kind of, and it was unintentional. But it, for me, it was like the most creative tool in the shop because it, it was just so easy to get started and versatile. Yeah. You know, so. when I when no. I got
0: mine, the thing that struck me, the thing that struck me the most about it was when you open the package, they kind of they kind of pitch it as twenty five minutes from box to first cut, and I, and I remember thinking like, okay, it, that just means like it's actually easy, right? I literally took it to mean. Oh, I'm going to have no problems figuring this out, making it work and whatever. No, they literally mean 25 minutes. Like in 25 minutes you've already made your first cut and you're already like un- you already just making that first cut, you understand how the machine works. It's such a brilliantly simple. I know it's limited. I know Man. that there are people who hate the idea of everything being on the web. I understand all that. I'm not even going to argue that. You have a point. However, for a lot of people to get into lasers,
1: if this is your first step, it's going to make you love lasers. Well, and well, I think there, I think there's a a, a user that, that that it does everything you need for it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think it, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people that grow, maybe grow into the next level because of, of what they're doing. But that doesn't mean that there's not. Uh, There's users for the glowforge. I mean, and there's also a fair number of people
0: who just buy multiple
1: glowforges
0: because they just like them.
1: You know, yeah, they're easy to use and easy to maintain and all that. I
0: love watching. I love watching John when you do like your material tests and like all that kind of stuff. When you're like, oh yeah, I wonder how it cuts on this. Let's try it. And it's like I didn't even know you could cut that with that or
1: engrave that. And it's just well, that that was what I think, John. That was probably one of our first interactions. I think was at WorkbenchCon when you you had done tests like laser tests on like how many different materials it was over 50 and at over that time 50. I wasn't
3: even planning on making a video that was and that was an afterthought
1: <laughs> and I just uh-huh. remember being like you know I, I knew I obviously I knew about lasers from you Vincent and from mm-hmm. Bruce and I was like blown away by how many different materials. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even think of fifty materials, right? <laughs> Let alone, and, like, what was it like the cork leather? Like, it was not; it's not actual leather, but it's like cork something, mm-hmm. right? Uh, whatever that was. I was like, "What is this material? This is awesome." Um, but yeah, no, but back to your your origin story, John. It, there's Vincent. We we really should do a Venn diagram of of makers because, like, there the cross between music um programming uh Mm -hmm. stumbling into this and falling in love with this and then wanting to do all the things like it's like there's a lot of overlap so many so many people have that very similar obviously not the same path but a very similar like type of path right yeah how it's how it's come to be and why and why you switch like getting burnt out on the you know the freelance um you know, freelance stuff. I feel like, I mean, David Picciuto, right? We've talked about, he's mm-hmm. very similar, right? He got tired mm-hmm. of doing web design, right? So.
3: He's also uh, a big Nirvana fan. <laughs>
1: he is also a big Nirvana fan. And <laughs> yeah. I was this actually talking today about music. Kurt Cobain. Um, and no, Long story, un- un- uninteresting. Long story, so I'll skip it. But, <laughs> but I did talk about Kurt Cobain earlier today, which is ironic. So. Yeah, he. One of the things I like about about what you've done, John, there's um,
0: there's a YouTube, there's a YouTuber I watch who I just love her stuff. Her name is Abby Connick, and she is a um, she's a graphic designer. And what she's taken to doing is taking you through the whole process of like um, going from client brief to finished presentation for a client in graphic design so usually like product logos mock-ups stuff like that what i love about what she does though is that she has the artistic skill and all of like she uses mostly adobe illustrator and photoshop but those are just tools but what i love and this is what i love about your stuff too is you have the artistic skill but you also have the mechanical skill to make it actually happen and the stuff that you use whatever digital fab tool you're using is just a tool to put your creativity down on paper. Like you're not, it didn't have to be the glowforge. It could have been any laser, but
1: you, you right. use the glowforge. Right. Well, and then also how to, how to explain and teach it too. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I,
0: I love that about, I love that about your stuff in general because all of these digital fab things, the CNCs, the lasers, all that stuff, they're just tools. You, you use them as tools to basically put your ideas down onto actual materials And I just, I like the way you do that. I I feel like a lot of people get stuck in the tool ecosystem and the tools and there, it's all about the tools, the tools, and we really love the tools, but what are you actually
3: doing with them? You know, you know, it's the tools. (laughs) Well, you know, once the novelty wears off, I think that's when the more interesting things begin to emerge Mm -hmm. because they are just tools. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you know, the stuff I have on YouTube that was me learning how the camera works and trying to find a voice. And it's funny, as I'm teaching this class now, I'm making 40 pre-recorded videos. The videos in the class, because I found my voice, and the novelty of video has worn off. The videos are so much better, mm-hmm. um, and they are more creative, and they're they're more down to earth. They're more authentic. They're more to the point, um, and. In a sense, they just add more value. And I think, you know, um, that's true of any tool at the Shaper Origin. Now that that novelty has worn off, I've done a number of projects for clients with the Shaper. And it's not something flashy, but it's something that provides value in a way I couldn't have done otherwise.
0: It's very effective. And it gives you – the only thing that stopped me was that I can't use it unattended. But I really love watching it work. Like the first time I really understood – I forgot whose video it was off the top of my head – but I had seen a lot of videos about it. It might have been, it might have been Andy Berkey. He did um yeah. like an intro to it because Andy is just the master of the shaper. He yeah, is, he's awesome. He did a video, I think it was him who did a video about it, but they didn't just like use it. They went slowly, and I got to see the magic of the way the cutting head kind of floats inside right. the frame of the router. Cause I didn't understand how it worked. Yeah. And the first time I saw that, I was like, Oh crap!
1: This is incredible. Like that, they, th- there's a reason why it's a, like a game changer. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm well, actually kind of so as someone I know you've had. I think you still you have
3: a shop bot in your in your shop, right? Yeah. So it's, it's funny with with the origin. You mentioned the Glowforge being able to hook it up and just using it. Mm-hmm. The reason I bought the shaper was not because I needed a shaper, although Andy did kind of twist my arm a little bit. <laughs> gonna, I, Andy should work for them at this point <laughs> because. At least should get some kind of uh, like affiliate link, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. No, I asked him. I said, "Andy, you have affiliate link." He goes, "No." So I bought one used. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I run a makerspace at this college that I, I teach at, and mm-hmm. um, and we have a shopbot there too. And I love my shopbot. Like, it's mm-hmm. my shopbot is like my little personal ATM machine, and it's like this thing just is just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful machine. And it's and when I bought that machine, I was so proud that I owned it, right? But it's hard to learn how to use. And yes, in, mm. in comparison to the shaper, when I got the shaper, like my friend Brett and I, we hooked it up without any instructions and within 10 minutes, we were cutting shapes out with no instructions. And so when I work in the makerspace, if I'm working with people that aren't technically savvy or people that maybe aren't makers or even designers, and maybe they just need like a, a piece that does this, that near thing, I could just hand them the tool. And it just works That's like amazing. they don't need to learn about bits and feed rates and this and that. They just like drag the thing onto the interface, hit the button and like try to stay as close as you can. And it just comes out perfectly. And yeah. so for that reason, it's a great entryway into the whole fabrication world in the same way that the Inventables X carve, which mm-hmm. um, I, I owned two of them at one point. Like it got me interested interested in, in CNC machining before I, I bought the, the ShopBot. So I, was, I could imagine I, like a shaper doing something very similar.
0: I was watching, you had a video on your Instagram um, a couple of months ago of like the space that you work in. Um, uh, you know, in the tool in there, you have like a glow forge, you have a whole bunch of 3d printers, you have resin 3d printers, you have a vinyl yeah. cutter, you have a CNC. You have, and I'm just thinking like, do you know what it would cost to outfit a production level, like commercial entity with all of this stuff? Like thirty years ago, right, like, right, but in, just impossible. Well, not that it's cheap to, now, but it's right. It's but it's it's impossible to comprehend right. yeah. that you know people like I mean John, I, John, and I mean I'm speaking for myself, and I think John also. I have stuff in my house that's better than some of the stuff that was in commercial fabrication mm-hmm. houses, and it's so weird to me. Like, it, it the magic just never wears off, and I love my favorite part. And I mean, you must get this a lot. When people see this stuff for the first time, and it's like,
3: whoa, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like a Willy mu- Wonka land in here. Yeah, and like well,
1: I was—we right. we, we talk about it a lot, but like it's people outside of the space. Like oh, we take all of this for, kind of for granted now because we've seen it so much. But like you're right, there's so many people that don't even know that that a like a home uh, laser machine exists, or a, no what, like a shaper, like shaper, uh, like even what a CNC is. Like, they don't even know what that is. I mean, I had to tell my family, I had to explain to my family what a CNC was when I first, you know.
0: My mother-in-law was here um, last summer. I think it was last summer. And I was making, um, I was engraving a bunch of agates. Mm Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she's watching the glow forge engrave the agate. And she wouldn't, she couldn't stop looking. Right. Like she was just fascinated by it, like sitting there, just watching it go. And all it was doing was engraving a, the same design on 130 agates. And she's just watching it. And I'm like, interesting, huh? She goes, this is absolutely incredible. <laughs> I've magic. never seen anything like this.
3: <laughs> and, and that's, I think coming into it later in my life, I, I see it as magical in the same mm-hmm. way. When I got into okay. web development, you know you know for the first eighteen years of my life, there was no internet, and then all right. of a sudden there was the internet and so when I got into web development, it was something special yeah right. um, it's almost like it's almost like explaining like plumbing to someone who's like, you know <laughs> currently it's like yeah, you turn the the, the the dial and water comes out of the spout like instantly like that's, that's fascinating, but you know, <laughs> right. someone who's grown up with that it's like no big deal um and I'm finding that with my my current students like already like that novelty isn't it's been around long enough where it's not it's not as magical. But for me, I'm like completely uh, and just it's like, obsessed with this stuff because like, yeah, you because now make they make have, anything. they ha- some of them
0: actually probably have some of this stuff at home. They're, and it's yeah, like, they, oh, yeah, they're my like, mother has a 3d printer. printer
3: spaces and they've, just, yeah. and they've just been around it. But for me to have this in my, my one car garage, right. <laughs> all this stuff. And it's, it's like, and it pays for itself. Do right? you, do you I think, mean, that's just insane.
0: Do you think you have to have not had it and then got it, to understand the importance of it. Like I, I always wonder that. Hmm. Like, I mean, I've I've loved 3D printers since the first time I saw one ages yeah. ago. I, I I thought it was just the most incredible thing ever to just put something, put a a either plug it into a computer or put a SD card or whatever the hell card was in vogue at the time into this box and it oozes stuff all over a piece <laughs> of metal. And look at that, you have an item. And it's like I don't understand how this isn't Ever going to be like? How will this ever not be magical to people? And now we're living in a time where it's like, eh, it's okay. But can I print my D D minis? It's super ridiculous detail. Like, mm-hmm. I rem- I was just happy to print pyramids and
1: squares, and right. everybody's
0: like, yeah, no, we've moved we're beyond that. The magic is gone. Now we want performance.
1: <laughs> well, then there's Jeff who's doing Einstein heads, and exactly with his- yep, you know, Jeff's a good example. Jeff's a very good example. Yeah,
0: that's cool yeah the stuff the stuff that he's doing with a shape of go co-
1: well i i, I told I, <laughs> uh, commented <laughs> yeah i I commented on uh, his post today just about how he's like his mm-hmm. shop has become you know robots, and I was just like John actually I put you in this category as well, I don't know someone that uses like that has all the tools but actually uses them and puts them to such good use too mm. right It's one thing to have all the tools right, but to actually utilize them and and you guys do that. And like, hats off to you because I think there's, I think there's, there's some people that have enough money and everything like that to just have the tools, right?
0: It's the another kind of thing guys to, that just walk in their well stocked shop and go.
2: Ah, I can do that too. Right, <laughs> it. No. Uh, right. <laughs> um, but,
1: right, I mean, but I, I think so. I, I, I give you guys credit too to actually utilizing tools and 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 pushing it, right? Pushing the pushing it to the next level. I don't know. Yeah.
3: Well here's the here's the thing, Ethan. You know, like someone I get the comment like, well, must be nice having all yeah, these tools. It must be toys. nice. Yes, it is. But yes. if I look at I have a story or for every single tool in the right. shop. Like every right. single mm-hmm. hammer, every single and, and you know every tool has seen like three iterations. Like it goes from like the garage sale version to like the version that you shouldn't have bought, but then like the one <laughs> you actually wanted. But right. every tool is a story, and none of it came from like household income or like the day job. Like they right. all paid for themselves. Um, and it, it's funny. Like most of the stuff that I that I create, I'm not allowed to post on Instagram or YouTube because mm-hmm. it's all proprietary. Uh, that's one thing. It's hopefully gonna change now um in the second phase now that I have them the whole point from the beginning was do enough freelance to to learn how to use everything, work with as many people as you can, kind of like speed dating for industries. (laughs) uh, Every tool you can ever imagine. And then you're free. Then you're free to do what you want. And so I finally like I feel like within the last couple of months, I can't think of another tool that I need. And I I'm ready to start the next phase. But I I they were all paid for um just through freelance like it was the best education that's awesome ever received. Yeah. i don't want to do that kind of freelance as much anymore but, that, because... but that, i mean
1: that, that's a really smart i mean it that's a smart model in a lot of ways because right it's it's a way of get building it all up and then now you're free like you said right it's yeah yeah, yeah. Did, did you have the like was that the plan was that always the plan or is that kind of just I knew what and- I
3: wanted the shop to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had a teacher when I was in college who said, if you envision something and you envision it every single day mm-hmm. and you take one step towards that, eventually it's going to happen. And he's been right ever since. Like I wanted to be a college professor and I, I would dream about like where the office would be and like what what like the class, like the class would look like and like what the first, you know, like visualize mm-hmm. all this and then boom and it just happens. Um, and so when I saw the shop, like I knew what I wanted and I'd plan it out. Um, but now I see like what the future looks like and then the impact that it's going to have on, on so many people and and the freedom that's going to afford. And that's just the most exciting thing. The fact that, you know, even considering like possibly quitting a 10 year track, you know, position, you know, like that's insane. Like that's, that was so hard to obtain, but uh, onto the next thing possibly. Right. So like. But I can see what it looks like. I, You know, I can almost like smell like <laughs> what I can smell <laughs> the shop. Like when I open the door and there's like that shop has that, that, that wood shop smell. Um, and I, I know what the videos are going to look like. And I, and I finally understand like what the message is going to be and the style is going to be and the people that I want to work with and the mess, you know, all of it, like I can see it now. Like it's clearer that, than, than day, like I played around and made some videos. I've learned a couple of things. The course is doing really well. And now I see what comes next. And that to me is like, just so exciting. The fact that you can do it yourself. Yeah. With all awesome. other people. Yeah.
0: And, and that's, uh, I, I feel like that's where. Digital fabrication has just changed everything because you don't need a team of people to do stuff so much anymore. I mean, it, it still helps. I and mean, it yes. helps to have multiple people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, it enables you to be a one-man show much more easily. I mean, this weekend I was printing my cutting board whole jigs. I was printing – basically, they printed all day Friday and all day Saturday. I think it was about 28 hours worth of printing. Just all day. Just – Go on, take the build plate, give it a crack, drop everything on the table, put another build, put it back on, start it up again, just let it keep doing, just keep cycling through, cycling through, cycling through. And I'm like, and meanwhile, while it was doing that, I was making a cutting board for a client Mm -hmm. and a set of keychains for a client and, you know, packing up my shop to move it. And I'm like, wow. I'm getting a lot done because robots are doing a lot of work for me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Robots are enabling me to focus on things that robots can't do. And I think that's what people misunderstand about, you know, having digital fab tools in general. They think that, oh, it makes everything easier. Well, yeah, maybe a little bit, but really what it does is it frees you up. It lets the menial stuff or the stuff that's really almost impossible to do by hand get done by something that's going to get it done right, while you do the things that by hand have to be done by hand, well, like it, putting on finish. Like you can't do that with a machine. A machine's not going to put on finish. I mean, there are machines that do it on large scale, but right. that's never going to happen. Right. But, but having the glow forward sitting there for a couple hours,
1: just doing things like, yeah, that's great. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. I, I, I also right. think, and I was thinking about this when we talked to, to Jimmy a little bit and talking about like, you know, his toy, what prototyping and whatever that whole thing the it's it's leveled the playing field a little bit to prototyping like prototyping Mm -hmm. or accessible prototyping in the past would have been like cardboard and wood and you know you make a mock-up you can make actual legitimate like you know proof of concept type prototypes now because of these tools and that's a game changer i think for a lot of people and and it, it opens up doors where the common person wouldn't have the ability to do that without some kind of backing or some kind of connection or something.
3: uh, A furniture designer, he makes things out of like very, very expensive furniture out of like stone and wood and metal and, and all kinds of different materials, you know, and I saw these things for like $30,000 for a piece of furniture, but we prototype (laughs) everything on the glow forge. Mm-hmm. Just so he gets a sense before he spends 10 wow. grand on right. raw materials. Like, is this going to actually, does this form work? Because he's not, he's not real computer savvy. He basically makes a sketch and I, I draw it on the computer and I, I hand it to him. And then we, you know, we go back and forth a couple of times and then we build the physical prototype and then once he like, he smiles and he knows it's right <laughs> and then he just goes to town. Well, yeah. and, and what a like missed opportunity for like someone that has that
1: design in the past, right? Because mm-hmm. he probably wouldn't have been able to do it unless he got connected with the right, you know, the right opportunity, the right company or whatever. I don't know.
3: I mean, even when they made, like, the iPad, you know, like, Joni Ives would go in there and he would, they would sculpt each iPad, potential uh-huh. iPad form. And then Steve Jobs would come down and he'd feel each one. Like, he'd close eyes and he's like he'd hold it. And he'd be like, that's the one. There it is. Like, the fact that you can do that, it's insane. Yeah. It, it yeah. just, yeah, it's, you could, what kind of, what kind of
0: what are the classes that you teach? Like, like what kind of stuff do you teach with all this stuff? Um, um I know that's a, I, I feel like that's a dumb question. Let me, let me no, try to get, what I, I'm just curious to know, like, what is like, what classes use the glow forge and how do they
3: use it? What, cl- yeah, you know, stuff like you know, that. that- for the for the longest time, I was teaching like just web development, iPhone development. I was just mm-hmm. I was programming like a machine gun, like sixteen <laughs> hours a day. And when I made a 180, I went to a makerspace, and it was um, November 2015. And it was that night I said, "Oh my gosh, everything's changed." And I hadn't I didn't make a, an app since then. Well, then I need to figure out a way to get a makerspace at my college if I wanted to actually teach that stuff. So we raised over two hundred thousand dollars from micro grants and donations and all this kind of stuff to build that space out because the college wasn't going to give you that money to. <laughs> Just gonna get, give you two thousand dollars start a makerspace you have to make that money yourself anyway mm. so um we started with digital fabrication and that's been my bread and butter where it's a lot of lasering it's uh cnc and um 3d printing those are like the three main focuses but then we also do like a little bit of woodworking um we watch a lot of the maker videos and the people in the class are primarily like game designers or ui ux or or mm. maybe they're like you know they they're musicians of some sort. Um, and so making like really isn't in their DNA, but it's an opportunity for them to basically, how do I, how do I explain this? It's an opportunity for them to, to bring the physical world into what they do. So if they're a musician, we can teach them how to create like their own, like musical instruments or, or if they're gamers, they can make their own like game boards or game pieces or, you know, like console, you know like desks or something like that um so it's always it's never the main focus so it's always it augments what they're already trying to do yeah, um yeah. and the one of the main reasons we created it i had a student um awesome she wanted to take my class but her dad said you know and i think i said this on um uh on um, in, into the spotlight episode but uh she says that uh she's not allowed to take my class because her parents are you know they they're paying for her to go to college to use her brains, not her hands. <laughs> oh. and for, and coming from oh like my you know, gosh. like it, like we didn't grow up like even middle class. Like when I was younger, you know what I mean. Like we it was we struggled. My parents struggled with money quite a bit. They're doing okay now, but like that, I don't know. That that was like fuel <sighs> for some reason. Yeah, and I was like, no, we're going to build this thing and what? we're going to give every student an opportunity to work with their hands because, quite frankly, like. I know from going from like working in a cubicle, typing my brains out to create software for, you know, whatever, like workflow application, working with your hands is just so much nicer. And especially oh, if you merge it to, if you could use your imagination and your technical skills with using your hands, like I, I promise you, your day will be better than well, you, any day spent in a cubicle. You, you know, you know,
1: and not to, not to plug make 48, but one of the, one of the things I love it. I I love about the concept of make 48 is that they have that concept of the reason why they have tool texts as part of those events is because they don't want the teams to be limited by their experience or abilities of making things. They want them to be able to come up with the, the concept and then, and then, and then have someone else make it in the same sense, though, of like, you don't want that to be a limiting factor because you don't want right. that to be stifled. You know, you don't want that to squash the the imagination or the, um, you know, the, the design aspect of it just because you don't know how to actually physically make it. And then I think through that, though, they learn so much. I, I, I think a lot of the people that go that do those events probably end up getting the itch and become makers. Right.
3: Um, I don't know. Ethan, I got my uh, I got my jacket today. My Make Forty Eight jacket. Oh, did you? Came nice. in the bag, and I, I I booked my plane ticket to Wichita, Kansas. I'm going. I cannot wait. Oh, nice, wait.
1: awesome, man. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm you going. you are like so perfect for for them. Oh my gosh, They're, I like, they're gonna love you. I, you know, I saw that show
3: <laughs> the first time I saw the show. I'm like. Man, I could be on this show. I could totally. Yeah, yeah. No, place. totally. You're you are <laughs> spot on for
1: for them. And that's but, like, yeah, exactly oh, what you're saying, though. Show. Like, I, be I really believe that. I think that's that's where they. That's one of the things that they got right. It was making it so that ever it's a it's a it's a level playing field without the experience of like actually knowing how to use any of the machines and oh. and having people like you that do know how to do it and know how to do all of that. You know, you're there for to help their ideas and concepts and you know, dreams come true. Right. So,
3: yeah, it's, it's a dream role. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm just so excited by it. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's you're, insane. you're,
1: you're perfect. You're way better than I am for it. So let me
3: tell you there. I'm like, no, wh- no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's funny though. I, you know, there's a little imposter syndrome because you know, I, I watch some of the episodes. I'm like, these people have been doing this a long time, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, but I guess so have I, but, but it's different. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, you know, like some people are really talented on that show there's yeah. always had be a be... welder it's, I'll, I'll make a pile of goo but it's not going to be like a nice weld you know well, well, tool what tool i fa-
1: what i found from it is like i know how to do like a lot of things okay like i can do a lot of woodworking i can do i mean i can't do any metal but like i can do a lot of like things but everyone there was better at it so why would i why right. would i do it like if, if they're if like you're really good at this, why would I do it? <laughs> right. But so it, was, it was funny, <laughs> but it's inspiring. It's like, it's, it's uh, motivating. It's, it, uh, I, I said that when they interviewed me, like, after I was like, I, I- I find that is super inspiring when, when I know less than people, right. It's like, Oh ugh. God.
3: yes, my, Right. Right. Yes. For the show. And it's like, it's hard because like, I don't know how it works. Maybe we'll talk offline about this. Like mm-hmm. I can program an app, hook it up to an Arduino, fabricate like the whole box and the thing and like design. Like I can do a lot of the pieces and more importantly, weave them together in a cohesive manner where it's going to work. Like that's, that's like, that's my thing. When I was doing a lot of like museum ex- exhibits, like for a lot of freelance, like you have to, combine a lot of those things and that's that's really what i'm best at like i can make well i can make light blink when you walk up to it and have the thing like you know like mechanically work and you know well what
1: what what you're gonna get is that there's people are like i wanted to do this i think like and (laughs) and then it's like they have no idea and understandably i mean i'm in the same camp but like you're gonna be the one that actually helps them like this yes but like x y and z you know this, this is the path to get there and that's exactly what you're going to be good at i mean literally like what i brought to the table was like uh someone needed like a circle cut out of veneer and i was like yeah i i, I can cut veneer in a circle I'm like
3: give me that <laughs> so uh yeah so you're, you're gonna be much more uh, yeah, beneficial like to the, to yeah, the yeah, teams than i am but four and everything that's cool too
1: but i think i think what i told all the teams was like I might not be the best at everything, but I am good at grunt work right. and anything you need, I'm 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 here. So anyways, not to not to belabor the make forty eight, but
0: I like I like this I I like this idea of being inspired by people around you that are more talented because that's mm-hmm. something that I I'm gonna say this and you know, if you're listening to this, I want you to I really want you to dig deep into oh. your mind and think about what I'm yeah. saying here. Okay? Mm-hmm the only people who are inspired by people who are more creative are people who are secure. Yeah. Secure Mm -hmm. people love to be around smarter, more creative, more athletic, whatever you are, they want that smart, you know, secure people want to be around people who are better than them because they want to absorb everything they can. You know, insecure people hate when somebody's better than them. Right. Because that's, that's, that exposes insecure people. Insecure Mm -hmm. people don't like, having someone better than them next to them. Right. I am perfectly happy being number two, number three, number, I don't care, to number ten. But if I'm in a circle of people that are really brilliant and artistic and talented, I am instantly inspired. When I was in Ohio, when I was taking the um, copper etching class that I took with Emily, um, I was surrounded by people that you know, I had done this before, not the way Emily did it, and thank God she taught me, because the way she does it is much better. <laughs> but I was learning this thing and everyone around me was learning it with me and we were all learning and then what was funny was we broke into kind of individual like projects after we learned the basics and she's like, Okay, let's if you have an image, send it to her. And she went through the process and we took images that we sent her and turned it into something. But what I learned in that class is there are some people who are very good at some things mm-hmm. and some people who are better at other things. You know, one of the people I work with, one of the people I work with is super talented, like impossibly talented. I don't want to name her on here. I, I know it sounds stupid to say I don't want to name her, but she was using the jewelry saw and she was struggling with it a little bit. And I was like, oh, I can help with this. Like, here, look, can I? And I, I had to stop myself a couple of times. I'm like, can I give you advice? Is it okay? Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah, please. And I, I understood why I had bonded with all these people because there were a couple of incidents where I'm like, "Can I give you some advice? Is that okay?" I always asked, and I realized like that just makes people so much more comfortable than you going, "Hey, uh, can I? I'm just going to
1: tell you, you're not really holding that saw right." You know. Well, and, I think that's that other thing though, Vincent. On that is that uh, back to your comment of being secure is yeah. that we we all we all often don't give ourselves credit either of course but we, but we but if you're secure like you like you might have felt like these people knew more or whatever in some things and then all of a sudden they do something and you're like oh no, I can like, I, I can like I'm I know more about that and that's the best that's the best feeling like that's really what we should is. be that's the mindset that we should all have and yeah. it's hard sometimes right it's I get it but it's but that's the mindset is that we all have talents that at things that we take for granted that we know that we that we have and and you know i'm i was joking about you know everyone having more skills i, I know i brought things to the table and of i course. brought ideas to the to it you wouldn't have been there
0: if you did that's exactly that's it, right? exactly <laughs> so
1: I, I mean i was joking about that but like yeah there's a lot of things that like i helped with even if i just gave an idea you know and so it we we kind of like when we always point out the mistakes in our our piece our work right mm-hmm. it's one of those things where we kind of forget that we we have skills that we don't we don't even realize because they're just so ingrained in us and remember that and be secure and be happy. And, and, and that, you're, that, you're going to learn a lot more if you do. That's an exceptional
0: point, by the way, we don't treat a lot of what we know as skills, right? Because it to us, it's, it's just, it's just life. Right. It's what we do is what we do. Right. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, but feeling secure in some way, Vincent, wouldn't you say, I don't know if, if it's the same for you, but it gets easier as you get older because first, like you have less to prove. You don't need to like everybody right. and everything yeah. I, to, I don't need I'll to impress you. anybody. Yeah, But the second thing is like, if there's something I want to do or something that I need to know, like, I know what steps I need. To do to make that thing happen, so I, you and can you know almost that you make can, anything right? happen as right. long as you think about it in, in a way that's like, well, that's I, I can. I, it's just a series of steps. It's like a programming issue. You know what I mean? Like if you're programming an app, you just break it down into smaller, more manageable chunks mm-hmm. and you make it happen. And so, like things in life, oftentimes are the same way. So if you want to become a welder? Well, you you could just become a better welder if you put your time in. So you don't really, yeah, you can feel secure about that because we're I like we're this, learners I, in a way that many other people aren't. people people think security comes from
0: not giving a damn what other people think and i don't think that's where security comes from i never did i think security comes from it's not so much not caring what other people think it's just knowing that what knowing what you know and what you don't know and that enables you to say I know how to do this. Now, you may have a different way of doing it, and I'd be more than happy to learn a better way to do a thing I already know how to do. Mm -hmm. But I'm not insecure if you know a better way to do what I know how to do. If I know how to do this, if you tell me, make a cutting board, I can make a cutting board. I can make a damn good cutting board, and I'm proud of the boards I make, right? and. I know there are better ways to do some of the things I do. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm, you know, there, There's always a better way to do something. But that doesn't mean I don't make a damn good cutting board. It just means right. you have a different way or maybe even a better way of making it. I think it's the same with all the other stuff that we do as makers where we yeah. get on this mindset where if we're not doing it the best way, we're not making the best thing. And really, the process just gets you to the thing. It doesn't really
1: matter how you get to the <laughs> end. It's that you get to the end. Well, and and I th- yeah that that and that's just sparked something for me Vincent cuz i i think a lot of the time too with um with feedback on especially with content right mm-hmm. we, we do things and you know it's easy for me cuz i don't i don't consider myself a you know a master letter worker so it's i understand that it's easy for me to to take you know feedback mm-hmm. and again and, and in the right way people give it in the right way but it's i'm happy when someone it says, you know, that worked, but, you know, it it could be better or it's going to be last longer if you do it this way. Right. And mm-hmm. I've had some of our really, you know, our in our community members reach out to me and say, you know, you're not really doing that the right way. And I'm OK with that. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, because I'm going to be better by doing that. But, you know, that takes you know, you got it. You got to kind of swallow your pride sometimes. But just keep the the end result means that you're better off. You're going to be a better. Your your skills are going to get better, and yeah. And then also back to John to your point too. I think that's one of the things too about I don't know the maker community or or just age and everything like that. I feel like knowing understanding that that as you get older and as you get more experience, right. You know that you can learn more, so it becomes your right. security is about doesn't mean that just because you don't know how to do something now isn't a knock on you. It just means that you've got some fun, exciting things to learn, right? I mean, oh god, god. that yeah, you wh- can do it—the confidence that you know that you can
3: learn, right? Of course. I mean, I think the, the community, the maker community, we know it's important. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you why it's important. So I teach at a college and I'm teaching senior thesis. And, uh, you know, then the first day of class, I oftentimes will ask the students, I said, well, first, what are your goals and who do you look up to? Mm. And when I go around the room and usually i them in public, most of the students don't have real tangible goals and they don't really have anybody in particular that they, they look up to. And I think as makers, like I have a list of makers that I look up to. Like David Picchuto oh, yeah. is at the very top of my list. Like my bucket list it's someday to meet him, and I will. And you've uh, you guys got a workbench con though. Yeah, I yeah, know <laughs> workbench con. Come on, oh, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. Write. I'm like, you know, I can stay in my room. Like it's cool. Like I'll get one. <laughs> Just start a podcast. That's how I did it. Yeah. I wanted to meet exactly, him. I started right. a podcast. But it's, it's, right. like being the maker, like community is that you have people you look up to and, you know, mm-hmm. and I have, you know, we all have different we set different goals for ourselves mm-hmm. and that's a practice I think that maybe doesn't exist in a lot of other disciplines or in a lot of other industries I mean it does of course and, and, and some but that's something I think we take for granted yes
1: yeah I think I mean the nice thing about the maker community at least you know and it's growing and growing and that's great but I think it's also the scale, like the scale of it is still that you can still access those, those people right um right. in a way that maybe is not always there for other industries and that's a shame but and maybe i'm totally off base on this but like again i you know to us the jimmy durestas the benuetas like they're they're like the rock stars right of you know the, this maker community but in the grand scheme of away. things in the great, huge world right they're not that huge i mean I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that they're they're still accessible and they're still people and they and but they also really I think put value on the community as well, which is a, diff, a very unique uh aspect to the maker community. I I think
3: But because if someone else is successful, it doesn't take away from their success. Yes. Yes, exactly.
0: That's, that's that's the abundance mindset right there. Yeah. And that's where I think most makers have that mindset. And that's why the community is so different. You know, whenever you hear, um, everyone that talks about the art community is the perfect example. And I always hear this example and I've heard it ever since we had, um, Silla and Luke on, um, you hear people talk about the, um, the art community and how how like closed off it is and Mm -hmm. how it's it's very exclusive and it's like yeah because they don't have an abundance mindset they believe that art is there's a finite market for it and we're all competing for it whereas in the maker space we aren't we just aren't like that i there is a certain amount of competitiveness like if somebody gets you know a TV show, you know, other people get a little bit bitchy about it. Right. Or if somebody gets like, um, a book deal and you know, you've been pitching your book for like 10 years and you're like, why don't I get a book deal? I want a book deal or podcasts, I'm doing a podcast. You're doing a podcast. Why is yours taking off? And mine is just stagnant. You know, there's that, but that's natural competition stuff. But we don't, I don't view when I see one of my friends doing a podcast and it's taking off. I'm like, I'm not like, well, that's taking away from my audience. I, no, it's not. There's, no. there's, there's, well, there's two, there's two audiences. There's our audience. There's their audience. Where it overlaps, it overlaps. Where it doesn't, well, then they weren't there anyway. And there's
1: two different podcasts. Well, yeah. you, know, you know, I think the other thing about it too is going back to my, you know, big name people. I think like, i think about sports and athletes. Right. Mm-hmm. You're from day one in your life. The whole concept of sports is competition, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think. Mm-hmm. I think there's something there where you're Mm. growing up, even if you're the uh, really, you know, the the nicest person in the world, you're, if you're a professional athlete, you've been conditioned your entire life to compete. Right. And I think that creates a different dynamic with celebrity athletes than Mm. like celebrity makers, right? I mean, it's just a different mindset, which is a good (laughs) thing, right? For us. It's a good thing for us. But I think there's something there where they've been conditioned to competition, in a way that even if they don't realize it, they're going to be competitive just because that's what they've been conditioned to. And thankfully we're not right. Remember there's winners and losers.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And that's, and that's, I think that's why I think that takes away a lot of the edge too. And like going to meet somebody who's at the top of our game, like, you know, is it a little bit, do you get a little bit starstruck? I think you should. I mean, if you're being honest with yourself, you know, bumping into someone like a Jimmy Doresta or, you Say know, on David the elevator
1: P- and, yeah. <laughs> and fumble <laughs> and over your words. Awkwardly, and, awkwardly yeah. saying things that aren't actual sentences. Yes. yes not Do we know I'm, anyone I'm, that did this, though. No, I'm no, definitely. I did. definitely did not do that. Or I, de- de- I definitely did not introduce myself to Benueta in the bathroom while we're washing hands and then Jesus be like, should we shake hands with wet hands or no, no, so, no, no. You I mean, no should, one's you ever even done that. Talk to each other with wet hands. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. You definitely shouldn't. That was, but that's classic Ethan right there. So.
0: But yeah, it's just, that's, I think that's why, I yeah. think that's why it's okay for us because I'm not, I don't, I'm not competing with Jimmy. I'm right. not, right. I'm, I'm not, I don't i am feel like I have to bump him off to succeed, you know, right, it's like <laughs> right, the, right, right. There's a lot of pie left. We could all get a slice yeah. and there's still plenty of pie left after that.
1: So, well, and, and that's one of the things that we like, I've, I've talked about before uh, about WorkbenchCon is it's one of the weirdest events that where uh, there's I, I and I've heard this from really big introverts where you don't feel weird just walking up to a circle of people and in mm-hmm. mm-hmm. walking into that circle of people and talking. Like, that's a very, I mean, I feel that way, even with my coworkers sometimes, right? (laughs) Like, like, I don't want like, there's a group of them talking, like, I'm not going to just go up there and like, but at at WorkbenchCon, I I never felt that way. And I'm sure people did. And I'm I'm not trying to dismiss that because that is a, you know, that's, it's a struggle. But it's, it's, it's just a testament to the type of people in our space. And I don't know. Totally.
0: John, do you have do you have often where because I'm curious since you know a lot of your students are starting like in the in the digital realm? Yeah, do you have a lot of cases where where a student will go, wow, I can't believe I made that. Like, does that mm. or because I tend to find that people who are really into technology um, don't really get blown away by technology doing technology things. So I'm like, is, is there, is there like a bit of jadedness to it or, or are they still impressed with what
3: they're able to accomplish when you start working with them on the stuff that you have? I mean, frankly, it goes both ways. So mm-hmm. most of the students that are in our makerspace, I ask usually on the first day or two, how many of you have used a power drill and you might get one out of 10 that actually have used one before. So most of the people in, in that space had never they would never created anything before That's and incredible. so um and so sometimes they're really excited by it. like oh they loved my photoshop class i teach a photoshop and, and now a film class and they love that class and they can't wait to take the next class which is like the my flagship class the digital fabrication course and they hate it they just want to go back <laughs> to their video game <laughs> stuff but then every once in a while every once in a while um the opposite happens where you open Mm. up in a whole new world and you're like, I can't believe like this is possible in the space. And (laughs) (laughs) And oftentimes it's like a little bit of like in between, like they make something like, you know, like they make a whatever. And it's like, okay, they take it or leave it. Um, So it it really goes both ways. I can't imagine how rewarding that must be though. When you
1: do get that kind of like epiphany moment, not that you, not necessarily that even that you did it, but just that you were part of, exposing someone to do it.
3: Of course, it, right? the best part of the job. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think can't you can literally imagine. and figuratively change someone's life. Right. Um, like for their, you know, the start of their, their career, you know, you help them discover what, the, what it is that they want to do um, oh, when they get out. Amazing. So we That's, have, we, we have,
0: um we have in, in my, sh- on my shelf of 3d printer stuff, I have two mono price 3d printing pens. and, Beth, we actually had one and then we just bought a second one so that she could take two to school instead of one. But she works with kids that are a little bit difficult, a little bit challenged in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And she had the idea a couple of years ago and all on her own. I did not have anything to do with this all on her own. She's like, you know, it'd be cool if I got one of those 3D printing pens and I brought them to work with my kids. So she went to her principal and she's like, Hey, I'm going to bring some, um, I want to bring some 3d printer pens and some filament and teach the kids about all this stuff. And she said that the response to having those pens in the class was one of the coolest things she's done as a teacher. And she's been a teacher for so long. And, I was just think. I always think about that. Like these kids have never seen a 3D printer. Right. They, she lives in a in a very high need area, which means these mm-hmm. kids probably never will see another 3D printer. But for a little while, they got to play with something that that to them, for all intents and purposes, magic. was magic. <laughs> and she brought home like a lot of the kids gave her their stuff as gifts, and she brought some of it home. And I'm like, damn, your kids made that? Like that's. You know, some of these kids they can't read, they can't write, they can't speak, they have all kinds of behavioral issues. Mm-hmm. But this little bit of technology, they focused on it and they were enjoying it so much and they they look forward to hopefully having them back in the school again. It's like wow, you know. It makes you it makes you realize like how lucky we are and how yeah. much we take for granted.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, we I if I want to make something right now, go down to my glove forge. It's no big deal. It's sitting downstairs waiting for me, right? Right. But these kids will never have that, and no. it it kind of makes you realize, like, oh, I'm I'm doing okay. I'm puts things in okay. perspective, right? For yeah, sure, totally. yeah, totally. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, that student I was talking about, whose whose parents didn't want them taking my class because they had to use their their. Brains, not their hand <laughs> well she took my intro to woodworking class anyway mm, and uh when she graduated her. she uh joined a makerspace space in hoboken still making cutting boards to this day this Hell yeah. I, hope she, I
1: hope she didn't give any of them to her parents i'm just kidding, <laughs> uh, I'm kidding yeah.
3: Oh I, no, not no like,
0: i'm not i hope she gave nothing
3: to them my <laughs> <laughs> parents are actually really sweet I, I met them they're just a different different mindset yeah
0: yeah, yeah. well yeah. i mean look i my father always told. i always like you know when you're a little kid you always if you're a boy you want to be like your dad unless your dad's a special kind of dad <laughs> and i understand that fine whatever but for the most part if you have a normal yeah. relationship with your dad when you're yeah. a young boy you want to grow up to be like your dad and my dad as i've said many times on the show my dad was a carpenter mm-hmm. and i always said to my dad i'm like i want to be just like you when i grow up i want to be a carpenter i want to work with wood And my father said if you're ever a carpenter i'm going to break your effing legs yeah. <laughs> i'm like oh he's like yeah i don't want nowhere near it nope he my goes dad, my- you You want to learn how to do this stuff? Learn how to do it, but you are not doing this for a job. And all I'm thinking is my goal in life right now is to do this
3: as a job. (laughs) (laughs) Can I I ask about that? So Ethan, Mm and you have a day job, right? Yeah. You you work full-time. And Vincent, are you working? You work a full-time job too? It's it's practically full-time, yes. Yeah. So, you know, originally going into this podcast, I was wondering if that's something we would talk about. Like, how do you know when it's time to do this full time. Oh, I'm I'm and it's I'm always in the it. back of my mind. And it's only fairly recently, I think because of COVID, mm-hmm. when I start to realize, oh, I just need to make the decision to go ahead and do it, pay some old debts. It could like, make to the steps to whether I want to happen. Do I wanna eat? Mm.
1: Or not? I don't think not that. Bad. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's, I'm it's kidding. hard because you know no. I, I talked to yeah. Ben
3: Ueda during the first Workbench Con when it was like mm-hmm. in that warehouse. He wasn't oh, yeah, in yeah. the hotel yet, and he told me like, "Yeah, well, I was a college professor, and I, I do this full time." Mm-hmm. And I like, wait, you, you did what? Like you can do that full time? And then talking like the hearing about Bob Claggett's story, he was like a programmer, mm-hmm. and then hearing like Dave Butch, like other people have done this, like this journey essentially. And I wonder how many of us in the community want to make this a full-time job. And it's something that I I contemplate quite a bit because there's a lot of pros and cons, obviously. Of course. um, To doing it full-time, full-time.
0: It's an an interesting question. Because I know as far as fulfillment goes, I would much rather be doing this podcast Mm -hmm. and my making business and creating stuff. Right. I also know that realistically, at least, and look not a knock i think the middle of the country is beautiful and highly underrated but i don't live there my rent right no is a lot exactly Vincent. yeah i'm
1: the same you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and
0: i i i'm not trying to say that like it, you know maybe if my circumstances were different and i could throw caution to the wind and when this house sells just say screw it i'm quitting my job i'm gonna go for it and be able to go all right I can't, e- but I can't even do that. I can't survive now on what I'm making now if I move to a place with a lower cost of living. Right. Like I'm right. just not in that position. So, the question I like the question because it does make you think, like, what would it take for me to be able to? And I think the answer is I don't need full on income replacement. I just know that I just need to know that at the minimum, I could survive. If I could do that, I'll figure everything else out. I will. I will. I'm one of those people. I will figure it all the hell out. But man, I would have to be able to be in a position where, you know, my rent, my utilities and some food were covered. Right. I could cut all the extravagances. I would happily get rid of most of the things that were, that are costing me money. And if I think if I got into a position where I think my basics could be covered, yeah, I could quit my day job and be happy doing it. But I, I would really need to know at least have a year or two of like, oh, I'm making enough where that's covered now. Then I can do this. Or
1: have like a very clear trajectory that. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, like this is grow, This is right. blowing up. Or right. I have one really good year where I make three yep. years worth of salary where right, I can just right, right. bank it and go, all right, I can I could take a run at it. But. I also have to be prepared that if I take a three year run at it to go back
2: mm-hmm. and
1: go, yeah, I need a job. I got to go back to right. work, you know, but, and that's scary to me. No, I I, I I totally agree. Vince. I mean, I think for me, it's there. There's a couple of things. It's and well one like i don't hate my job which we've said before and i think mm-hmm. i think you're the same way like you no, don't I, hate, do. I definitely don't hate my job like it would be a very different thing if i was in a job that i was miserable at every day dreaded True. going to work right that would be a very different thing because then you would kind of need to do something so that's a blessing and a curse right because it it, it's it your golden handcuffs yeah exactly it's golden handcuffs and you know i think i'm good at it i like the people i work with um i make you know decent money i'm not you know rolling it, but I make decent money. So it's not like it's something that is easily, you know, whatever. And, and, it, and I'm, I've done it long enough now too that it allows me to, to, to some degree, do this on the side without, mm-hmm. without working until midnight every night, you know, what I mean, like, it's not it, I can do my day job. And, and, and this kind of side hustle, hobby, all this kind of stuff at the same time. With that said, like, I, I absolutely, I mean, there is, I would absolutely love to be doing this full time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think there is a, uh, I, I think that there's also a misconception though of, and many people have said it is like, it's it, the grass is always greener, right? It's not going to be, if I was doing this full time, it's not going to be as necessarily all as fun as it is right now. Right. Cause right exactly. now there's nothing to lose. Right. It's all, I do what I want to do when I, you know, sure you I can and yeah. the projects I want to do and I work with whatever. So for me, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a mixed bag of, I, I like the, I, I'm happy with my job. I, you know, if I could do this full time, I would. Um, but what are the steps to get there? And then, you know, and then, you know, I have, you know, I think back to before I met Bettina and this is, again, I would never trade meeting Bettina for anything in the world. Right. But I think back to that when I had, you know, one bedroom condo, And if I had discovered this world before I had met her and it was just me in that one-bedroom condo, Mm -hmm. it would have been a lot easier to just kind of like take that leap, right? And just be like, I'm going to make a video a week. So I'm just going to quit my job and go full in or to your point, Vincent, I'm going to make enough, I'm going to build up enough equity that I I can have a a year, two years of Mm -hmm. safety net where I'm not, again, I'm going to have to get rid of Netflix. I'm going to have to get rid of like blah, 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 but I can live comfortably and not starve for two years or whatever it is right. Right? and go full in on this and really double down on it where you just can't do that when you have other people that you're responsible for or it's True. a lot harder i guess right. to to just go impossible. all in and double down on something when some other people are re- relying on you and, I, and again i don't mean that in a negative way it's great to have people in your life that are relying on you and that you care about and all those things. But it does change the dynamic, at least for me.
0: I think, I think that's really what, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Like I've thought about a lot. Look, when I Mm -hmm. go, when I get, when I get into my new apartment, I'm going to be alone. Yeah. And I've thought about that a lot. It's like, Oh, I don't have to, I don't have to consider anyone but me. Right. In, in in this next stage of my life. There's a lot of nice things about that. And you know, I'm not saying, right. But, yeah. No, hey, you're right. No, no, and and this is you know it's funny. You know, everyone when they hear I'm getting divorced, it's always like right. people act like I, I'm dying or like I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm having a funeral, and it's like, man, you don't understand. Like I'm okay with this. Right. I'm okay with this. Beth is okay with this. We're both okay with it. Is it easy? No, it's hard. No. It's emotional. We've been right. married for 20 years. Like right. it's it's not something that we take lightly. But at the same time, there's a certain amount, and I think she feels it too, and I, I won't speak for her, but I'm pretty sure she feels the same way, where it's like, oh, this is, this is going to be a new phase of my life where yep. I'm responsible for me, and I, can, I don't have to take me time. Me time is all the time, and, it's, and instead of taking me time, now I'm taking time for other people. And I feel like that's the that's what's going to happen for my making, too, because my shop is not going to be in my house anymore. Right. My shop is going to be a 30 minute drive from
1: where I live. Right. (laughs) So it's going to be you can't just go down there on your it's going to be more purposeful because you have to drive. Right. And that's exactly why whenever
0: whenever I think of the word intentional thank you Morley. but i always think of the word intentional because i'm going to have to be more intentional with my time it's Mm -hmm. not going to be oh screw around let it if it's something takes you a whole day big deal no well now if it takes me a whole day it's a half hour there a half hour home and a whole day there i burnt the whole day see now if something takes me a while i can leave in the middle and come back to it can't really do that in the new place and I have to be more intentional with how I manage my time and how I manage projects and what time I spend on what. And I'm okay with that. I'm I'm really okay with that. It's going to be an adjustment. It's not the way I'm used to working, but I'll figure it out,
1: right? No, and it, you, right, you'll get used to it, and you'll and <laughs> you'll probably figure out it'll probably be just as good, just as productive, if not more productive, of because course. you're actually thinking about it, right? But to
0: get back yeah. to to get back to what you know the question at hand, which is when will I know I'm ready? Well, I think one of the things I'll know when I'm ready personally is when time management goes from what's in the front of my mind to second nature, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to go full time. If I can't manage my time as if I'm full time, because I'm not going to lie. I've had since, Oh, what was it? Last spring I've had Fridays off and I've been doing, you know, my business on Fridays and I'm not going to lie. There have been a couple of Fridays where it's like, well, I have Friday, but I can really work on this on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And I'm just going to goof off on Fridays. Look, I think that's just a natural tendency, right? Sure. If you know your weekend's coming, you're not going to work every day of your weekend. I don't care what kind of maker you are. You're you going to take your t- time. You, you always fill the time that you have one yep. way or another. Every project goes yep. to fill the time available. Exactly. And every, yep. every, all your ambition shrinks to fit the number of days <laughs> you want to take <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. but Yeah, I think it's going to be really an interesting adjustment because – if ever if ever there was a time to figure out how capable I would be of managing my time well enough to make this full time, it's going to be in the next couple of months as I yeah. figure out everything after everything changes. So that was a long answer. Yeah, to I it, know. But, I, I, I don't know I'm if you're really sorry about it. such a ridiculously long answer, but well, I did the same, Vincent. So. <laughs> yeah, it's just all these thoughts. Like, I never, I've thought about doing this full time. Like, there have been months that I've had really good months, and I'm like. At my really goodest, good months, I'm like, I still couldn't, I couldn't live on this. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Could. Oh,
1: absolutely. For me. My, my
0: best months. I'm like,
1: I did really well this month. That's some pocket money. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, right. And, and, you know, me, I don't sell a ton of stuff and it's like, but it's, it, there is that, there is that difference of like, if I doubled down and really focused on it, I could probably could sell more stuff and I could put out more content and all those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's, it's a tough, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really tough thing. Of course. Um, it's, it's supposed to be hard or everyone would do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And well, and it, again, we're, it's a blessing and a curse that we like our jobs enough. Like yeah. again, it would be, it would be a totally different comfort. Comfort kills ambition. Yes. Just and remember I, that. Comfort. I, I know a couple makers out there who had either health things or, mm-hmm. Or or they got fired or whatever, and they kind of forced them into it, and that sucks. I mean, that's not the way you want to do it by any means. But there's a there's a difference. You have to make it work, then, right? Well, I want to tell you
0: there is a certain amount of that in my life because when my business really started kicking off was when the pandemic hit Mm -hmm. and things were starting to get like locked down, and I had to take a pay cut. Right, 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 and it was like. Oh, I need to make up that money. So right. I need to really, and I did like, right. I was, I was stunned, but I, it was I a fire though that lit, right. It really did. You know, yeah. survival, survival yeah. is a very good motivator. Right. <laughs> and look, Beth was making her full salary. Right. Would, would, would we die if I wasn't making any money? No, but instead yeah. it was, wasn't even a blip. <laughs> Like I just started every piece of scrap wood that I had in my shop turned into a cutting board that I ended up selling every bead I had ended up becoming a bracelet that ended Mm -hmm. up selling all my gem chips. I went through a supply of gem chips and had to re I was making pendants like crazy. I was making everything that I could possibly make to keep myself afloat Mm -hmm. to the point where my mail lady used to call me package guy because I always (laughs) had packages for her every single day. And she's like, what kind of business do you have? Have, that you do so much business, and I'm like, that's what I want to hear, like, yeah, exactly. But that was that only happened because it. I didn't have a choice, right? It was yep. like, I, and so, but m- maybe, maybe comfort you know, comfort is killing my ambition. Maybe it's like you, I have it a little too easy. I have a job I like for a company mm-hmm. I like working for. Maybe I need to lose my job, <laughs> god right. No, 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 <laughs> no,
3: no, yeah, just I, I, right I don't now. recommend that. John, did you uh, regret asking us this question? No, no, no. I, I think about it a lot. Here's my scenario, right? So I, I've been mm-hmm. teaching at this place now. I've been there 17 years. It's a great job. I can do whatever I want. It's, I work with great people. Um, they're all my friends. It's a good place to be. Um, so, But I also had a daughter eight months ago, mm-hmm. and, uh, which is awesome. But that limits the amount of time you can spend on, on making, you can't just like go to work and then spend all night in the shop. Like I used of to, Of course, yeah. right. So like, so then you have to make a decision. Well, you have three options. You can stay at the job you love and that's great. And then maybe like do a little bit of making stuff on like as a hobby and, you know, you spend time with family or you can get another job because there's all these new opportunities, especially working remote. You can work with companies that you only could only dream of working with two years ago. and Now you can work remotely with them. And that's like, it's insane. I've gotten all kinds of ridiculous offers. Like this is unbelievable. So that, that's another option, but then you're still working for somebody. You're still, it's not your own time or you can venture out on your own and make, try to make that work. So here's the thing you have, a, you have a job, you have a business and you have a family. Well, you can only mm-hmm. really pick yep. two of those things. And so trying to figure out like two of those things fully. So trying to figure out like, well, what is it that you want to do? Because as makers, we can we can make anything. We can make our own businesses. We can, we, you know. And I've mm-hmm. learned the art of hiring out. That was something that I discovered a few months ago. And all of a sudden that's making things possible that I didn't think were possible. Sometimes you just need to ask for a little bit of help. So I think Hmm. that that one constraint turned all of my dreams. It gave all my dreams, timelines and, and a budget. And like, am I going to do this? Am I going to, am I going to, and it's not tomorrow, but it's something I'm continually thinking about. Like, what is the next year, two years, three years? What, how do I want to spend my time? Is it, you know what I mean? So it's, I, I think about this a lot. Um, I'll go one more thing about this. Um, thinking about like careers in general. Like we talk about the gig economy, and a lot of us work in the gig economy. Um, and that's like, you know, your Uber drivers and like your Airbnb people. It's kinda like if you're if you're working in a gig economy, if you're doing like freelance projects for people, it's kind of like staying at an Airbnb where you don't really own the place, you know what I'm saying? But like but you can sort of stay there. If you have a mm-hmm. job, it's kind of like you're renting a place and it's it could be really nice, but it's still not yours. Like rent you it, a, rent company, a job you can do anything. Yeah. Are you still there? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. So my computer is glitching out. Um, but if you own a company, it's kind of like you own your own place where it can, you know, bad, horrible things could happen. Like your pipes can burst <laughs> and it's on you to fix. So trying to figure right. out like, which one do you actually want? Because each one has their own, their own pros and cons, but I'm not sure like people didn't really have to think about this all that much until like post COVID where you actually have options, real options now. And it was easier when we didn't, I think.
1: Yeah, no, you're. you're that's. A, I mean, that's a really. I love the pipe analogy, actually, because that is like a very. It's like owning a home or renting, right? It's the same. Yeah, it's totally it's one.
3: better. You just have to figure what's one's better for you. What's at better time for your situation, your right?
1: Yeah, what, what's right better for the place that you're in and the situation that you're in. That makes a lot of sense. I've never really thought about it that way, but
3: you're absolutely right. So that's that's what I love my job, and like I wish I didn't because I, you know, would be easier. (laughs) Right, exactly. I think all three of us are saying basically the same thing. It's like it would be so
1: much easier if we didn't like our job, or we were bad at our job, or our boss was a was a jerk. But the flip side, the flip side, the flip side, just playing devil's advocate Mm -hmm. for a
0: second is that would kind of encourage you to take a risk you may not be ready to take. And it, mm-hmm. you may not be in a good position after you do it. So, right? Oh yeah. You know, it's it's just that it's yeah, and it's that constant tension. Like, well, you, uh, you uh,
3: on well, the flip side regret not trying, and that's like the nagging. That's question. the hard part because will you regret the, not trying? Yeah, the,
1: that not that's knowing. what I struggle with. Some I think John is like to your point, Vincent. On the flip side, I have. I could say the exact same I could do the exact same opposite response, right? I could say I have an amazing job that I like and I'm good at and it, it, and it allows me to do this side hustle hobby thing that I love doing and I'm passionate about and it allows me to do that because I have such a great day job. Like that is a thing too. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Nope. But it's just it's a, it's a different mindset and I think I do think that there's some there's some kind of uh unofficial pressure that we should all feel like we should go full-time and you know i would I, agree it, with that i it, would agree it, with that and, yeah. and i don't think that that's right for everybody i mean we i, I really we don't cheer
0: people when they tell us they're doing it and that right. there's, there you go it's like well okay in the end though you went full-time like okay mm-hmm. cool. are you happier like
1: yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah. To, to your point. Now you own those pipes, right? <laughs> now you do, now you own everything that you do and you don't have a bonus. You don't have a 401k. Like, you
3: know, there, you don't have a, even a group of people in the office to talk to, you know, right, saying, right. right. <laughs> so, totally about I mean it.
1: there is, I think there is a little bit of a, we, we, we kind of think of that as the dream. And I think for some people it is. Um, I, I, I think I would love yeah. that. But at the same time, I think we think of that as a dream and I don't think it is, you know, actually a dream for a lot of people, whether they realize that or not,
3: but I I think funny, Mister wonderful from shark tank says that a salary is a drug. They give you to forget about your dreams. Yep, I, (laughs) I'm I'm not
0: going to lie. At one point I had that written on a post-it and stuck on my wall. That's amazing. There was a time, there was a time where I was like, I cannot have a day job anymore. Like, right. I was starting Mm -hmm. to feel like I was unemployable, and really, all it was was I hated my job. And once I got a job I really liked, or you know, didn't hate. Let's—I won't say really liked. There were times where I just, I. I hit the other side. I don't hate my job. And it's like I don't feel like I if I I don't feel like my job sucks my soul out of me. And <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. like I think like that's good enough for a day job. And if it ever gets to a point where it is sucking the soul out of me, then I'm going to have to reassess my life. But I'm not
1: thinking about it because it may never get to that point. So, I'm hoping, no, we'll see. hoping it doesn't. <laughs> it, it, it is funny though. I mean, I've I I've worked for the same company since I graduated from college, but I've done a ton of different things there. And me too, there yeah. was one position that i had that was like that vincent i was like i am going to like my soul is every day is like getting crushed (laughs) a little bit more and more and this was at the same company which is an amazing company it was just such a it was just such a wrong fit for me Mm -hmm. and i so i know what you're saying though it's like you can't have those moments where you're just like this something has to change right at least at least Maybe it's my uh, old age kicking
3: in here a little bit because you know,
1: <laughs> forty six now. Vincent, experience.
3: Um, how old are you? I just turned forty, so it was a number I'm, to hit pretty hard. Oh, I'm for, I'm forty six. I just turned okay. forty
0: six. A couple of like when the twenty eighth of January. I don't know. Yep. I don't
3: know. I was just telling
0: Beth the other day. I don't know what day it is anymore. I don't know why. I was, I can't like, keep- I was like,
1: your birthday's on a fr- your birthday's Friday. That's, <laughs> that's about to say, and I was like, realized how stupid that was.
0: But um, yeah, that's the whole reason I went to Ohio in the first place. That's how I celebrated. Woohoo! <laughs> um. yeah so yeah wow this is like way more deep than I ever thought I would get but I'm fascinated by how many things I'm thinking about right now mm-hmm. and now I it's like
3: workbench con in like three weeks and that's like where you start to see it there's like the people mm-hmm. who are full time and then there's just people that are not and right. you, you might as well just like wear a shirt yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm I think time.
3: you know how so workbench con
1: is notorious for messing up the name tags so, oh, God. so <laughs> yeah. the first year i think i lived in georgia the second year i lived in like um all right, i lived in yeah in, in georgia the second year i lived in utah uh, but i don't live in either of those places but well, you're um, moving
0: further west next you're going to live in the aleutian islands i exactly, mean exactly exactly no, hawaii. hawaii would be
1: the furthest west right yeah hawaii would yeah. be further west yeah right yeah That's, i think so this year i hope they yeah they should put on like Full time, never gonna be full time. Like that should be the card <laughs>
0: Actually, you should do something really snarky and just give different colored tags,
3: <laughs> like and not say exactly what it exactly. Just labels and then just on the only table. Tell the full you're only timers. allowed to sit at this table if you're full time. Exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah.
3: If you're wearing a purple <laughs> tag, it, that, that means you're, you're allowed to sit at this table. Yeah, three. Yeah, three different versions. Like
1: aspiring. <laughs> never gonna make it and full time <laughs> it's
0: just gonna be like mean girls but at work right, con right. it's like and then and there's then like a Wednesday. separate table
3: just for like river table people
0: <laughs> Yeah, they deserve a separate table and then we should burn the table down um and we should make it sure is the like table a it, river
3: I was, yeah yeah we should
0: make sure that table is a river table so this way we take one of them out of the world anyway um <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i don't I can't, I uh, no, um,
3: they're, they're tempting yep
0: we are we're far enough in where i think it's time that we talk about our things of the week and um mr kaipoff rumor
3: has it that you have a really good one for us i don't know you know it, it's it, yeah i do um and it's <laughs> yeah way to sell it way to sell it john
2: <laughs> well it's because I gotta you tell know, you, i'll tell about you what about, john. Like,
3: who are your heroes <laughs> and so every time this person releases a piece of content i just respect him more and more and more Mm -hmm. um and he's one of those people that i look up to and uh and he just released a video on um about table saws and and well not table saw table saw blades so uh jonathan cat moses i don't know if you you know about him Uh, but uh, i I love his style of of you know, just making videos because he's not like a a project build kind of person. We're seeing, you know, he's a little bit different. So he'll go in depth into educating you about something and they will do more research than you would ever do on your own, which is why I'm so compelled to watch it. And on top of that, you know, he rented this camera. It's the slowest slow motion camera in the world. And so that you can see things that you couldn't see any other way. And for me, Mm -hmm. that's like, oh, that's like the coolest thing. That he does everything to, He's like has a product company. He makes yeah. killer videos. He's down the earth. He's got like a YouTube channel. You know, he, like he balances a lot of crazy stuff. And he's just like, and he's going to be at WorkbenchCon. He's one of the people I'm really looking forward to uh, just at least saying hello to because I just, I just love his whole style. Everything he yeah. does. Yeah. Anything, learned, anything
1: he does, he does it to, you know, 211, right? Like I, he just
3: always I goes agree. full in.
1: I have learned I'm not even so like, a much. full
3: woodworker. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not a furniture maker, but I, I, I just love everything he puts out. I'm
1: very
0: into the how shit works type stuff. Yeah. So when when one of his videos comes out, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. I, most of the time, I don't care. But it's right. just, I I like, <laughs> like, there yeah. was one shot in this video where he was showing um, an ATG saw blade, a co- an ATG combo blade, which for those of you that aren't woodworkers, that's alternating teeth grind. So And the video. basically, that means the blades are angled in one direction, angled in the other, and then this combo blade also had a straight, a flat top mm-hmm. um, grade on, grind on one of the blades. So you watch the way it goes through the wood, and it's fascinating. It, it it's coming through this wood, and you see it cuts left, it cuts right, and then it digs out the center, then it cuts left, then it cuts right, then it digs out the center, and just keeps, and you can actually see it happening. Because of it's that like,
3: camera? Because yeah. of the camera, yeah. Oh. It's okay bonkers and you, you understand the it, spacing, like, why the gullet is the way it is like all mm-hmm. of them yeah this i put this
0: video in the same league as the one that caleb harris did on um on saw blades because remember we talked oh, yeah. when oh, he was yeah, on yeah, the yeah, show yeah. and yeah. i remember saying like you actually helped me understand why my saw was running on me so much <laughs> right right and i understood it after i watched his video this will explain to you why certain blades work in certain conditions by the way I did not know that Simple Green takes the um, the anti, was it the the basically the lubrication stuff off the blades? I did not know that. All right, say and that again. So a lot of people use Simple Green to clean their saw blades, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is some of these blades are coated to keep them gliding through uh, the wood a little easier. And what ends up happening is Simple Green actually eats that coating away and makes the blade create more friction as it's going right. through wood. And I'm like, dude, that's a tip. That's a tip to itself, like... That's Clearly enough. I have not
1: watched this video, but <laughs> yeah, the
3: video is great. A it's... Class. I don't care what it was on, I would take his class. Like well,
1: I, 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 was, he's, he's been, he, And he's a super nice guy. I did meet him once Um oh, and please. he's a super nice guy.
0: Yeah. I wonder if he would come, I wonder if he would come on this podcast. Yeah, he me. definitely he, man. would, man. He like, definitely just, would. That, he, that's
3: one week, Ethan. You gotta I, I gotta fill in for you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go, buddy. <laughs>
0: we'll get we'll get we'll get John we'll let John do um like a fanboy voice recording nah, <laughs> I have a I
3: have fanboy of certain makers hey. well, he's not one of them i just i just really respect um his approach to his his business i do too the john there's nothing wrong with else. fanboying
1: yeah. i one of our favorite episodes was david ricciuto and i'm the i'm
3: number fanboy, one fanboy
1: yeah he number got me number one started. fanboy so yeah i mean how many me times have i
3: lost stuff? my
0: shit over a guest that we've had on the show can we know, can just be honest for a second exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's the best part of our podcast exactly somewhere. it's an excuse to meet all the people you wouldn't have met otherwise that's exactly right um I will definitely have that link in the show notes. That is a video you should watch. I think I actually said in our group chat before the show, I said, um, this video should be required viewing for anyone getting into woodworking. And I really do mean that, not because you need to know the full technical details of how these blades work, but because it's a really good education. So this is one of those things where you don't need to know it, but understanding it makes you a better woodworker. Yeah. Yeah. Right, And exactly. I I really love this video. I'm glad you pointed it out. I don't know how I missed it, by the way. So I'm yeah, really
3: glad you pointed it out. I, I still haven't watched it, it. The video is I'm a good at, video. Like, I know it's a good video if I watch that video, and then I stop watching videos. Like, I feel content. I don't work for the next video. I'm full. <laughs> yeah, you're full. And like, YouTube watching time is over. I'm going to make I've done, lunch. I've done enough consumption for today. This is good. <laughs> That's how you know. Yeah, because nothing can top it.
1: Right, right. Not George not even a bad, Casanza. Nice, bad video. I'm gonna stop when I'm on top, right? Ethan. Yeah. All right. So mine is like it, it is a funny one because it is not a recent video. I think it's like six or seven months old. Um, and uh, but yeah. Anyways, but I. Uh, well, here's here's the, how I came across it. Is I live on my subscription page on YouTube, um, and I almost never go to like the just. I don't even know what it's called like just the, the homepage home right home that, page, g- yeah. that gives you the like all, like gives you suggested videos i never go there i know i probably should but i don't but <laughs> hmm. i for whatever reason i don't know why i think i was messing around with something and i just stumbled across the homepage um but regardless a video popped up from someone who i do love his videos and his his work and that's bourbon moth wordworking, um who's He's great uh, he, yeah, he's he's awesome. What's funny about this one is that it's probably one of my least favorite projects of his, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like he makes some incredibly amazing things. He did I loved his the uh, his boat build with Almfab, uh Michael yeah. Alm. Uh like he's he's just done like um, some amazing builds, and this one is like in all, you know, in all whatever. It's it's a pretty simple for him. For me, it would be like I would. it would take me like three years to make. But anyways, long story <laughs> short, he made outdoor furniture for Neil Patrick Harris. And so he made... So Neil Patrick Harris basically commissioned him to make this, uh, I think it was an eight-sided a bench that wrapped around a tree in their front foyer, or their mm-hmm. front yard. And First of all, I love the fact that Neil Patrick Harris is like such a super he
3: like he's actually a fanboy of makers. He, he really like, is. He owns a <laughs> glowforge. <laughs> he was on the uh, national TV talking about it recently. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, or, no, or, and oh, he like
3: talk show, but one of them. I I can't remember which two. He he follows two of the guys
1: from Making It podcasts. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I think I I can't remember if it's Jimmy and David or Jimmy and, and David. Yeah. And but not Bob like it's one of them like he doesn't follow one of Bob? the three of them which is always hilarious to me, um, but he's a super big fan. He seems like a super nice guy. But anyways, it's a really really fun video um, about the build that and Neil Patrick Harris and his husband are part of the video, which also makes it hilarious because they're funny. And so anyways, I, I stumbled across it and it was just like ah oh, yeah this is a great video and this is a great. Uh, introduction for anyone that has not experienced bourbon mouth woodworking yep it's uh
0: it's, it's <laughs> he's been on he's oh, been yeah. on he's, so he's like so much he's he he's was, blown up he worked up. with he worked with Joel Telling too from yeah. the 3D oh, yeah. printing nerd he's done a bunch of videos and it's like wow he's just
3: everywhere these you days. he, is. Chef, he really think? is yeah i mean you never know you right? never know got <laughs> and jimmy Dresta. i think you could get him. Just saying. Who? 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 Yeah, get him on your show. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris.
0: Oh, Neil Patrick Harris. I was like, oh, okay, because we've had the full, the full making it ensemble has been on this show. So (laughs) we're the only podcast, as far as I know, that have had (sighs) every one of them on. I just want to point that out. And yeah, okay. Just a little bit of bragging. Just a humble flex. A no, that is a complete. Trivia. That's not even a humble flex. That is a full-on shirt-off, <laughs> tan, you know, spray f- <laughs> tan body. Nobody wants this body. Nobody wants this image in their
1: head. <laughs> anyway,
0: um, it's a good. It is a good video. I mean, Bourbon Moth's videos are great. Anyway, yeah. So. He,
1: I mean, he he is he's funny. The in, I think the intro is actually my favorite part, but I also love the end. I think it's, I guess uh, I'll, I'll finish with this. I think it's really nice that as famous as Neil Patrick Harris is the ending where they all like they come out and he shows his husband this piece and they all kind of just, it's just very genuine. And like, what, what a great guy. Just Mm -hmm. not, don't take yourself too serious. Like don't think of yourself as too famous for, to be impressed by, by woodworking.
0: Yep. And craftsmanship is craftsmanship. And yep.
1: people and adults
0: understand that. And he's a classy dude. Who knew that we, everyone would grow to love Doogie Hauser the way we have, right? What a world. Right.
1: What a I world. Know, right?
0: My things oh, of the week. Yeah. I actually have two this week. <laughs> You're pulling an Ethan. <laughs> I'm pulling an Ethan. So, first thing of the week. So, Sunday morning, um, Sunday morning, we were sitting at the din at the um the dining room table at Emily Joyce's house, and we were eating breakfast and drinking coffee. And I was there with um Marielle Brinkman, who some of you in the community know. She was sitting there, uh, moderating Lower conf ch- um chat for her premiere, oh, cool. and um Emily's uh, one of Emily's other friends, who's not a famous maker. Sorry, and we were we were all sitting there talking, and her friend's mother does um stained glass and i'm mm. like oh that's that's really cool and we, we were talking about it and i said oh you know what you you would love this project so i showed her a picture of what nicole from when geeks craft was making which is a space shuttle mm. in stained glass insane it was it was awesome. and the pictures were so just good. like we were all just sitting there like Emily, Marielle and I were just sitting there going, how the hell did she get this? Like, how did she make this model? And I'm like, the only thing, I, and the only thing I could think of, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm just thinking too simply. I was like, she must've used something like Peppacora, right. To make like, um, a, a flat lay paper cut thing that you can fold. And um, cause that's what it makes. That's what Peppacora does. It's software for making, right. um, foldable shapes out of paper and cardstock. So I'm like, maybe she did that. Well, kind of, she actually got a kit, a paper craft space shuttle kit, and then used that as a template to cut pieces of glass. That's crazy. Made the damn space shuttle out of glass. And as if that wasn't enough, because of course that's not enough. They, on the glow forge, they made a stand for it. That looks like the rigging for the space shuttle and of course it lights up because it wasn't enough to make something completely ridiculous you had to make it light up too. next level it's it's just a phenomenal product look when nicole and Turi were on i said about a million times how much i love their projects and i think they are just phenomenally talented people this project is absolutely ridiculous and in fact when i showed i showed um Marielle, the next the day the video dropped i was like here it is it's lit up and she's like holy (laughs) crap like that's the only reaction i think you're allowed to have to this is holy crap it's just an incredible incredible project so i'll have the link to it in the show notes they were former guests on this very podcast go back and listen to their episodes it's very interesting to hear their story um but yeah One Geek's Craft, the um, Stained Glass Space Shuttle. Crazy project, I promise you. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and watching the process of how painstaking it was to put together makes you realize just how insane of an idea it even was, so it's awesome. What's your second, Vincent? Okay, my second item. So while I was in Ohio, I know Ohio was really just dominating my life because it was just such an amazing, creatively inspiring trip. Um, Emily, I worked in Emily's studio, and I got to learn how to do enameling which learning I, how to
1: still, do that's magic to me still. I don't understand it,
0: it but it, it, I, honestly dude, seeing it happen in front of you and doing yeah. it doesn't make it any less magical. I'm promising okay. you that. So, learning how to do enamel from Emily Joyce is like learning mm. how to play guitar <laughs> from like John Bon Jovi. You know, it's like <laughs> you, it's like learning a skill from one of the people that are truly great at the skill and I was mm-hmm. so fortunate.
1: She's so bit, freaking talented oh my god well not even from her like the skill set but also from the design aspect she has an aesthetic yes oh
0: so good so So i'll tell a
1: little i'll tell a story that's going to embarrass her i don't care she's going to have to get over it um
0: i was in her studio and she hands me this tub of plastic of a plastic tub right and in the plastic tub is what she calls her shit work
1: (laughs) and like can i take all of these right i'm looking at it going
0: What's wrong with this? Like, I don't see it. Am I, am I, am I standards too low? And she'll, like, I'll be holding something. She'll go, No, see the fire on that's uneven. And she pulls up and says, like, I don't like the shape of that. And it's like, Oh my God, are you crazy? Could you just sell some of this stuff? Like, what's right. wrong with you? <laughs> anyway, one of the things she did, she's because she, um, she helped set me up to do some enameling of my own in my own house, which is kind of crazy. So I'm going to be doing that. I, I've been awesome. ordering supplies as I
1: need them. Oh, and. Wow. That's like, that's going to be so awesome for you, Vincent. I can't wait yeah, to you, do like, you like the, the work that you do is going to be like,
0: I can't wait to do animated. more of it. Yeah. I had oh. so much fun doing it. Yeah. I can't wait to do it. In fact, I'm holding one of the little test pieces I made when I did my first firing and one side she helped me do. And the other side I did on my own and pulled it out of the kill myself. And I pulled it out <sighs> at the perfect time. It's perfect. Awesome. And I was like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> she recommended two books to me. One on enameling, which is just a mind-boggling book. Like it's just, it's a lot of information, and it's really, really good. But the other book, the other book is the Gold Book, <laughs> the the Home Run. And I don't usually recommend. I rarely recommend books. But yeah, this I book,
1: you, I don't think i you've ever recommended. I was going to say I don't yeah. think
0: I've ever actually recommended a book. But now I'm going to recommend a book. The book is called Complete Metalsmith. It's by Tim McCreet, M C C R E I G H T. It is, I have the profession. what's called the, I think it's like the professional anniversary edition. I bought, I spent some extra money to get the nice final newest version, newest revision of the book because I was looking at it in her studio and I was like, I need this book. Like this book has to exist on my bookshelf. It is everything you need to know about making things from metal. And I literally mean Everything. Everything. Uh. Temperatures for different metals. How to how to drill properly. What size jewelry saw blade to use. Um, how does precious metal clay work? Just I'm telling you, I have yet to have a question that this book can't answer. So it's cool. an amazing book. It's like $40. It the one I have is hardcover, but the nice thing about this book is hardcover, but it's spiral bound inside. So it lays flat on your bench.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. That's, like that's a a subtle thing that it a lot of books sh- should do, right? Totally. And like, it really what?
0: does tell you exactly who made this book and what yes, it is for. It's, exactly. it's a bench reference. Right. Oh, that's so, this yeah. book. I mean, I'm sure there are people that work with metal that have read this book, have this book, or have a different version of this book, but I was reading like I um, my fat my current fascinations with metal are mostly in the area of precious metal clay. And I was reading all the crap I was doing wrong. <laughs> it's like, okay. Like, it it tells you step by step how to fire it, what to do with it. Um it tells you one of the things in this book tells you how to make a proper jeweler's bench, you huh. know, how to make a bench pin, how to do and it's it's just an amazing book. So if you're if you have any interest at all. In doing, in making metal jewelry. I think it's, I mean, based on what I've seen, it's really geared towards metal jewelry. But if you've never worked with metal or you're, you're, you know, you have some gaps in your knowledge, this book will fill those gaps. It's an absolutely phenomenal book. And I'm so glad she recommended it to me because I'm, I was literally sitting there reading it like it's a novel, like, Oh, that's why it's called that. Oh, that's why it's called a base metal. Cause oh, mm-hmm. it's that's so that's the opposite base metal and precious metal, all these stupid little things that you know but you don't know you know, or you need filler. This is an Sorry, amazing work. needed to know. <laughs> I am very, very excited about the things I'm learning reading through this that's book. Awesome. And having this as a reference is just gonna make my life <laughs> so much easier. So yeah, I'm definitely into this book. A ton. So those are my two things of the week. Um, you know what else I'm into a ton? What? I'm into the people that support this show financially. <laughs> and that includes Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hide, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce herself, the Queen. Awesome. Um, sorry, Mary Lou is the Queen, but Emily Joyce can be Queen for one day. Um, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More. Rory from RLO Woodworks and DIY, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, aka A Weird Guy, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jake Bangliano from Native Son Wood Art, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY. Oh, by the way, Robert J. Keller on his Instagram um, just did the most ridiculously cool overhead rig for his workbench. And it was in his stories. I'm assuming there's going to be a video coming. I hope it's so. It's awesome. It's awesome what he did. Okay. Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano from Native Son Wood Art, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, Tony Langer from Langer Works, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from Make With Jake, Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, Justin Ofler from Bear Maked. Greg of Platte Valley Woodworks, Adam Mackey from Maker Mackey and The Clamp Podcast, Kim and Garrett, Andrew Richard from Andrew Richard Makes, Kellen Hazlip of Kellen Makes, David from Southern Style DIY, Jeff, The Weekend DIYer, Sean Woolworth from The Proper Tools Podcast, Chris Raley of Route 9 Signs, Henry Davis of HT1 Metalworks, and of course... Austin Saunders, the high caliber craftsman. If you can't support the show financially, then feel free to share it, turn other people onto it because that helps us too. And hey, leave a review. We love getting five-star reviews. We love getting all reviews. We, pre- we prefer five-star reviews. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. You know? Everyone's good, but five stars are best. Thank you to everyone that makes this show possible by supporting it financially, by listening to it, by sharing it, and anything else you do to help get the word out that we – actually exist. If you have a moment and you're looking for a gift for someone you love, check out because we make.com slash listener shops. There you'll find um shops that are curated and owned and the things are produced by the people who listen to this very show. And if you have a shop that you'd like to have listed on that page, just hit the contact form at because we make.com and let us know about it. And I'll make sure you get a listing on there A S A P, because we like to support the people that support us like John Kaipoff, John, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's God. been an absolute pleasure. It was so much fun to you. have you on, man.
3: It was a lot of fun. We should do this again next week. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <You never laughs> <Yeah>. Slow down. <laughs> 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 now it's 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 been really fun. I I it's kind of funny. I feel like I've known you forever, and yet we've only met. We've only known each other. We haven't even known each other a year, actually. Now that I think about it, because right. this we met in one of the first sessions of Makers on Zoom, having coffee. And I that was so started nervous in the...
3: logging in to that thing for the first time. You and me both, dude. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I "What's gonna happen?" I, I literally knew. It's
1: like, like more it's really like
3: a secret, like like door knock or something, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like
1: a like a virtual handshake, right? And, and, you, yeah. and you show up in this
0: group of strangers, and I remember the first few first few sessions. Morley was playing smooth jazz to set the mood. Remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like. like I was like, wow,
3: this is a great really... thing. I admire what Morley's doing. Yeah, he yep. just keeps he, he he's living. Yeah. Well, good he's, for
1: him. He also I mean he started that. Like, good for him. Like, that's he's young.
3: Like, we've all picked on him because he's so damn young, but a hundred percent. Yeah. Picking
0: on picking on Morley's age has become a sport in the Discord, <laughs> and it's absolutely fine because he takes it like a champ. And yeah, we, yeah. and honestly. I appreciate that he takes it like a champ. Oh yeah, exactly. We all we all take our share of abuse for different things. He takes yep. it for his age. If that's yeah. the
1: worst you're going to get abused
0: for, that's not so bad. Yeah.
1: Well, and he's uh he's experiencing the dog like puppy. He is uh, like the uh, I, I I don't know any other way to ext- uh, describe it but uh, like puppies, but he's
0: dog people are insane you know that i know you, you i know just, we are
1: but then again i'm saying
0: this as a cat person that you're insane exactly so. <laughs> and, and dog people are like oh cat people exactly you guys are yeah. insane <laughs> uh-huh Uh uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah never the twain shall meet <laughs> john john is there any place you want to direct people to or tell them tell people where they can
3: find out more about you um right now it's just instagram okay uh youtube or more importantly, glowforgeforbeginners.com. There you <laughs> Ooh, go. That's actually a nice, really so important yeah. project. Um, yeah. And it's going well. That's the thing I'm most proud of right now. So As you should be, man. You just have As a you should forge, be. You just got it and um, you want to learn how to use it. That'd be the has, place. Has Glowforge reached out to you in any way to uh, talk to you about what you're doing or no? Yeah. No, it's funny. I actually speak to them on a pretty regular basis. Um, nothing to do with the class or anything else but i i talk with their hardware team, their software team, their marketing team. I I use it so much that they we we have a lot of discussion, i guess. And I and I'm starting to make some content um for their channel or some version I of would their hope channel.
1: So. They be they be, uh, be I don't want to say it. Uh, Dumb, but they'd be dumb not to, uh, not to, to say, tap I don't in. want to say
0: dumb, but dumb. dumb yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> dumb to not take advantage of your talent and your experience with the Glowforge. So,
3: no, I'm working on a couple of like freelance projects for them now. What I like working about with Glowforge the most is every time you work with one of their teams, they are the smartest people I've ever met. Oh, yeah. Met. Like they yeah. all come from like Apple, or they come from like some some crazy place, and so they're all That's just like so. super creative, and they're all powerhouses in their own right. So just to be in That's awesome. like a Zoom meeting with them, you just feel—I guess I don't know if you feel smarter or dumber after, <laughs> after the call, but you're in good company. Like I just I just love working with the people yeah, there. Well, so. I think
1: maybe vindicated, like just in the sense that you're part of that group, right? Like.
3: Yeah, I, I I just love the company right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the people there have been really great. But um, I'm working I think, on this other thing. I wish I could talk about it here, but I can't. It's consuming yeah. almost all of my time. So okay. we're
1: gonna keep trying to make you talk. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> but I will maybe, say,
3: maybe in, after the thing ends. But uh, um, <laughs> I will say it's really not exciting. Sh- I, it's like not some sure. of my my best and most proud work. Um, that's awesome. Because they they push you. They're so smart that they push you to places like you didn't think you could go.
1: That's awesome. That's yeah. like that's the best way to be pushed. I mean, like. Yeah,
3: that's awesome. If I have a lot of clients, and they're 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 you know um, they're great. They're great to work with. If you want to um, if you
0: want to take John if you want to take John's course, it's only fifty nine bucks. Which, by the way, John, really fifty nine bucks? Like, uh, yeah. all right, if that's you uh, for this
3: uh, episode. But it's been it's been great, and you get like one on one tutoring. You live sessions every Saturday and a couple other days <laughs> during the week. You get like we're working on forty pre recorded videos. There's a Facebook group. There's all kinds of stuff. And we're bringing on, I'll talk about it. Like when this ends, we're bringing a lot of other people to the course. So can
0: I tell you, by the way, something you're doing that I noticed on the website that you're doing smart, that no one else is freaking doing. And this is how I can tell that John is just not a normal human. He's neck. Yeah. You have the whole outline of the class right there to look at. So it's like, I don't have to figure out what, what is this going to be about? Like, what are we doing? Like it's all there. And then I also see another familiar face on the homepage. Um, Brooke to know
3: from uh, yeah makers it's workshop Saturday we have a we have a whole lineup and don't worry you will be Aww. asked as well yeah
2: um
3: yeah we got people every almost every week coming onto the show or not not really a show but it's a you know it's a it's no. a Saturday John, session I'm
1: so you're you're doing it right and and we really are dude yeah
3: like that's <laughs> really awesome are.
1: man
0: you're I, building
3: I, you're building an empire my friend yeah I'm I'm trying I'm trying to see how far you can push it and right now the response you know it is after COVID. There are so many people that have lost their jobs and trying to start small mm-hmm. businesses. Like mm-hmm. everybody in that course has a story. Yep. Right. And I think that's the, the main like motivating factor is Like you, you want to do best by these people because they're, they've invested in this course and they're spending their time with you on, on Saturdays and they're going through the videos and you're working on them one-on-one. And uh, I don't know, for me, it's like one of the most refreshing things and most authentic and and beautiful things I've I've been able to work on in in a very, very long time. Yeah, I'm sure they're super passionate people yeah <laughs> Man. it's it's gonna be cool
0: this is gonna be cool to see where it goes and uh maybe in a maybe in a year or two we have you back on and it's like oh yeah you know, i'm full-time now i don't i don't i don't teach at the college anymore i'm doing my own thing <laughs> you never know uh, we'll see you, what happens you never know well, thanks thanks for coming on thank you for giving thank us so you. much of your time i yeah, really thanks, appreciate John. it and uh thank you everybody for listening we will be back again next week because that's what we do we show up and uh <laughs> we'll see you then we i don't know what i don't know what the plan for next week is but we'll figure it out as we go along until then have a great week everybody